Welcome to the Kill Rock Podcast. This is episode 35 featuring Matt Baird from Spoken. Before we get started, I want to let you guys know that today's episode of the Kill Rock Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. AudibleTrial.com slash Kill Rock is your place to get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial. That is AudibleTrial.com slash Kill Rock. the band channels with their jam foundations brand new band out of los angeles california 
check them out. You can go check out on their Bandcamp as well as on YouTube. Just look up Channels Foundations. Uh, I was actually supposed to play that song last week for our episode with Drew Saragoza and uh, Jimmy Smith. But somehow it got lost in the shuffle. But we had to make sure that we jammed it on this episode featuring Matt Baird from the band Spoken. It's such a great honor for us to get Matt Baird onto this show. When I was a a young boy, a young, young lad uh, running rampant in the streets of Covina, California, uh, I, I, I loved Spoken. They were one of those bands that I have no idea why. They were one of the first bands that I kind of gravitated towards when I went to, you know, listen to heavy music. When I was a kid, uh, growing up in a Christian home and growing up in the church, uh, I used to think that the only albums I could listen to were Christian albums. But I was kind of tired of the whole CCM and Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman, the three-namer worship leaders, I guess you could say. Uh, I I never really got into DC Talk, at least not as much as everyone else did. But I did like Audio Adrenaline and I did like Jars of Clay and all those bands. Uh, But I I was growing tired and weary of that style of music. I, I wanted to listen to heavier music and... You know, before I started going to church, one of the bands I liked a lot, and I guess is just blame it on immaturity. Uh, I, I liked Limp Biscuit a lot, and I liked Corn a lot, and I liked Kid Rock. And I know nowadays people are going to be like, what are you talking about? That's amazing. But, you know, uh, a nine-year-old singing Nookie, uh, it's, kind of, uh, it's kind of immature. But uh, anyway, I, I liked the heavier music, but I couldn't find it in the, the Christian realm. And uh, I got into G-Rock, which was this Christian music video uh, show where they would show skateboarding and snowboarding and action sports with music on it. And that's where I was introduced to bands like Stretch Armstrong and uh, P.O.D. even. I heard P.O.D. there first before they were even on MTV. And uh, that's where I heard Spoken and their music video for Forevermore uh, was one of the uh, one of the main songs that were cycled through every episode of G Rock, and that's where I was introduced to Spoken. And then at church, uh, I had a good buddy. His name is Frank Frank Cerrone. So Frank, if you're listening, you got your shout out. Uh, we would drive around in uh, I believe it was a Sebring. It was I believe it was a Chrysler Sebring uh, with the top down, driving down uh, downtown Covina, Old Town Covina. And uh, we would blast this path and forevermore and like David. And so Spoken has been uh, a band that I basically grew up on. When I got into high school, uh, that's when they released Moments of uh, Imperfect Clarity. And, uh, you know, that that album was my jam. That was our first album on Tooth and Nail. And uh, we're going to talk about that in the interview coming up. We are also going to talk about uh, their Kickstarter campaign, which is now fully funded. At the time we recorded this interview, uh, it was about 88%. I think it got maybe to 89%. But within the the couple weeks span, uh, the album is now fully funded and ready to. It's they don't. All they have to do is write it and then record it and then there you go. They have their new album out. 
they did announce a stretch goal. Uh, they made their goal of $20,000. Their stretch goal is $35,000. And if they hit that $35,000, they're going to record two more songs on the album, as well as make another music video, which super stoked. I, I hope they make that $35,000. They have like, plenty of time. We recorded this interview uh, a week and a half ago, and it was there was 32 days left. So if you do the math, uh, they still have a lot of time to make that stretch goal, especially if they hit $20,000 in a few, maybe like a week or so. We're going to put the link for their Kickstarter in the description box uh, for this episode. So go check it out. Also, at the end of this episode, uh, I am going to talk a little bit more about Kickstarter. I know I've talked about crowdfunding campaigns on previous episodes, my like for them, my dislike for them. But this is actually kind of different. This actually has to do with the way that people perceive, not just uh, fans of, you know, artists uh, that want to contribute, but actual like mainstream, the mainstream appeal to crowdfunding. I'm going to talk about that at the end after the interview. We will also announce uh, the next couple episodes here on the Kill Rock Podcast. You guys do know that we have At The Helm coming on next week, a new band out of Covina, California. We're going to have a two-part episode with them, and it's going to be released on Monday and Wednesday, uh, March 2nd and March 4th. But we also have an amazing guest set up for the week after that. So stay tuned at the end of this episode. We are going to announce it here. We've already announced it on the social media websites, but we haven't, we haven't announced it on the actual podcast. So stay tuned for that after the interview. Thank you guys so much for everything that you do for the kill rock podcast, for hitting that download button, for hitting that subscribe button, for sharing it with your friends, all of you all over the world. Thank you guys so much Please go to iTunes, Podomatic, and Stitcher, wherever you listen to Kill Rock Podcast, and rate and review this show. And also, go check out audibletrial.com slash killrock and sign up. Get your free 30-day trial and free audiobook download. Best way to help support the Kill Rock Podcast financially. They are a proud affiliate of the Kill Rock Podcast. You don't even have to spend a cent and when you sign up, they kick back a couple dollars to the Kill Rock podcast. So go check out audibletrial.com slash killrock. Coming up, we have Matt Baird from Spoken. But before we get to the interview, we want to play their brand new jam. You can go check it out on their Kickstarter as well as YouTube uh, featuring Maddie Mullins from the band Memphis May Fire. This song is Breathe Again here on the Kill Rock podcast the hashtag krp
Welcome back to the Kill Rock Podcast. Uh, today we have uh, I don't I don't know if he would uh, agree with me, but I'm going to say the legendary lead vocalist of the band Spoken, Matt Baird. How you doing today? Legendary man, I'm good. I'm good. Now uh, I have a lot of questions. Uh, we could talk about the Kickstarter first, since that's your newest project. You have a new album coming out uh, pretty soon. Uh, and you guys uh, started a Kickstarter for it. Uh, I, I'm assuming now that you guys aren't on a label, so now you guys are doing this. Is it, How do you feel about being one of those bands that are going to the crowdfunding way of making an album now? Well, I mean, last uh, our last record, Illusion, we actually we did a Kickstarter for that record. Um, and it just so happened that with things working out in an amazing way, we signed to E1 and put out Illusion on E1, but we had already launched our Kickstarter uh, way before uh, anything had come to pass with that label. It's just our our management, um, you know, had, had had a relationship with them and kind of pursued it and ended up kind of signing just a one-album deal with E1, and so it worked out really good. And now you guys are basically doing everything on your own, right? You're booking your own tours and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've handled most of our booking for a lot of years. Um, we've been on different agencies and everything, but with having the, the mindset of, you know, no days off when we're on the road, it's, it's, it's really hard to still every single day of the week. And so it's, it's, a, it's kind of a big job for an agency to have to do that, especially when they might have 15 or 20 other bands. And so, you know, I was already filling some of the dates anyway. This is years ago, and so I just figured I'd do it on my own. And, you know, in the end, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work, but it also, um, I don't know, you, you get to meet a lot of people who are fans of your music because of contacting them about booking shows. So I, I think it's one of those things of where we don't want to have that unapproachable, you know, vibe with our fans and all that. So... It's a lot of work, but in the end, it's worth it, and uh, we are able to stay busy. So, do you make the cash off the uh, off booking it yourself, or do you give it yeah, back? Yeah, if the there day? was if there was much cash, yes, that's what I would I would I would I do get uh, a percentage for doing okay. the booking, um, which is also something that's awesome and it helps. You know, I have a family, so it it's uh, it's a really cool thing to be able to to do that. It, it ends up being worth it. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Uh, now, <clears throat> with your Kickstarter, you guys, as of right now, as of the recording, you have 32 days left, but it, it's, you know, not to give it any bad juju or, you know, Lord willing, you guys are 88% there. Um, do you guys already have some, uh, what do you call it, like, extension goals or any type of incentives once you pass your $20,000 goal? Um, you know, we, we really haven't talked about it because we... We just would love to reach the goal so that we can, you know, pay for this record and, and make the best record possible. So it's not something where we're, we just wanted to put, set a goal of what we actually needed, you know. And if it goes over that, that's awesome. But we're, we've never been a band to expect people to, um, you know, empty their wallet on stuff. We just, we kind of ask for what we we need and go from there. But it's it's been really cool. Like everyone has gone above and beyond already when it comes to just getting behind the project and you know whether it be financially or or sharing it or prayer or, or whatever. Everyone's been really cool about it. Yeah, I mean you guys have I mean you guys have had backers that are pledging more than five hundred dollars for this project. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. And, you know, and I think a lot of the situations like people people want to spend time with the bands right. that they're getting behind. You know, they actually want to hang out. You know, we're not we're not one of those bands that we don't have time for that. You know, we someone wants to hang out, let's do it. Right. You know, but it's really cool that people they are showing their support. You know. A lot of them are just people that we we already know. We know them. We have relationships with them, but they believe in what we're doing, and they've supported, you know, spoken for almost two decades. And so it's it's been really, really cool, really encouraging. And and you know, I, I'm I get a lot of text messages that update me on what it is. I don't I don't go on it often. <laughs> I don't go on and look and see. I'll share it on my personal Facebook and. I'll talk to people about it when they contact me or if I, you know, see them at church and they want to talk about it. But I, I'm not the same way I was with, I did a, a worship record in January and I did a Kickstarter for that and it, it exceeded the goal as well. But it was something where I just shared it as much, much as possible and gave people at least the option to get behind it. And they, they did. And it, it was really, really cool. The thing is, I was, I was the one kind of ramrodding my worship Kickstarter, where with the spoken Kickstarter, our guitar player, Scoop, has been the one who's really, he stayed on top of it. He's been, he's been way on top of, you know, status updates and keeping people interested. So he's, he's done a great job. That's awesome. Uh, now, when you said that you're not keeping track, uh, if 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 you do need help during this interview, I did have a, I had a Mike Murphy from Haste Today on when they were doing their Indiegogo, and I made sure to remind him where they were at during the interview. Uh, right. But uh, <laughs> sweet. Now, what uh, as a I guess as a consumer, not necessarily as a musician or someone that's going to write an album, what is your perception of Kickstarter? Because I've always been. Uh, you know, intrigued by the idea of crowd fu- crowd funded, uh, you know, uh, resources. Um, you know, with me, it's I've got people that are constantly asking me, "When are you doing a record? When is the next record coming out?" Um, and before we even did our first Kickstarter for Illusion, um, it was five years between our self titled record and Illusion. Like oh, so, wow. five years of constantly touring. You know, we're living in different states the same way we do now. We live in three different states. Um, so writing a record gets a little challenging when you're just sending ideas back and forth and, you know, small emails and here's an idea or check out this voice memo or whatever while touring constantly and not being able to show up to venues in time to be able to set up and rehearse like a real band. Right. You know, it's, it's just really hard. That's one of the things with living in different states. It's really hard to do that because people who have a regular practice schedule or like on when we first started it was every monday and wednesday night um we would get together for about three hours each night and we would rehearse we would we would write songs we would do whatever anyway eight months after we you know started playing we signed a deal with a small label out of california and took off touring so we we only got to do that like a real band for a year oh, wow. you know and then it that was it and so and now it's you try to <clears throat> maybe if you're lucky get together for an evening right before tour starts and you r- run through the set a couple times and then you drive overnight to the next show you know or the first show of the tour so it's it's really hard so you know with us like we just had people constantly saying when are you doing another record what's next what's next and so we just got down to this point where we're like we've just got to just bite down and do it and so uh that's when we started writing songs and and recording stuff with jason rao 
uh, for Illusion, and we would route tours through there to through Nashville to go and record for a couple days and go back out on tour for two weeks and swing back through, hopefully at the end of the tour and, you know, kind of change things here and there. And so that's kind of, uh, it was just, we needed to do something. And it was, it was, let's start a Kickstarter. Let's get the finances to actually do this record. Let's record it. Let's get it out, whatever. And during that time frame is when, uh, you know, everything started working out with E1 and it just went from there. And so people were so stoked, you know, for the fact that one, we had a new record out, but another that they had a part in it. Right. And so it was really, it was really cool. And like, no one had an issue with it. You know, no one, no one, none of our fans had an issue with, you know, paying a few dollars to either get the album early or get a signed copy or a t-shirt. Or, they didn't have any issue with that. And so, you know, people would be showing up at the shows wearing these, you know, spoken shirts that they got through Kickstarter and they were proud to show it off and whatever. And so we just kind of kept on and, you know, we did the Volbeat tour right after our record came out. It was perfect timing and just kind of continued touring uh, from then, you know, and, and here we are, you know, uh, hopefully if everything works out, this, this Kickstarter will be funded. We'll be able to start the record on April 5th, which is the plan. And, uh, you know, that's it. It's just the fans have been awesome about it. And so with me, my personal take on it, I'm like, I have people asking me about it constantly throughout, you know, the time between records. They want to get behind it on a Kickstarter. So I'm like, cool, let's do it. Let's make it happen. And it's not like, I, I, there's really not a lot of bands who are not on a label that have 20 grand to be able to just, oh, cool, let's record a record, done. It's not, it's not realistic. Right. Especially, you know, at least one thing I, I, I see a lot, and you guys are probably, you know, you know, talking about your touring schedule and how you guys went around, you know, touring and then recording and then going back on tour. There's a lot of bands that are going on Kickstarter and just basically off fame alone are just recording an album but not doing anything with it. So it's like they're making money, but they're releasing garbage because they don't really, t they, you know, they're just doing it for their own sake, not for the fans' sake. Yeah, well, with us at this point, you know, I'm the only original member, and three days ago was, or whatever, the 10th, February 10th marked 19 years of this band's wow. existence. And so I'm at this point where I'm definitely not getting any younger, don't tell anybody, but <laughs> it's, it's something that I myself, I can't afford mentally, you know, to put out a, a record that's not at least 100% effort. Right. You know, and, and I feel like it, it, one, it's it's a personal thing for myself because all the members who have been and spoken throughout the years have challenged me to, to try my best to be better, do better, whatever, in this whole thing of singing in a band. The same way the producers we've worked with over the years, this, the same situation, they they want to help us become better as musicians, songwriters, performers, the same with management, label, anyone who's ever booked us at a show, you know, a promoter in a city, they want the best they can possibly get for, you know, if they're paying or not, you know, and, and why wouldn't we want to put our best foot forward? That's the same thing I tell these young bands who they, they have this mindset of, oh, this band has been doing it for this long. Cool. That's what I want to do. There's no grasp on the sacrifice and work involved in sustaining you know, a band's career, especially right. this long, or Disciple, or any of these bands, Project 86, these bands have existed for almost 20 years. 
it's really, really hard. And, you know, unfortunately, we do see our peers in other bands eventually call it quits. And someday when, you know, when God tells me, hey, thank you for, you know, doing what you've done for so long, but please stop. Do something else for me. Cool. I'll do that. But until then, I mean, the fans are above and beyond supportive. My wife is supportive beyond reason. And there are people who want to write and record records alongside me. And, man, that's awesome. I couldn't ask for anything better. No, (laughs) that's true. You know, so Spoken will be around. You guys will be a nostalgic act uh, playing... uh was it I will follow you forever and like David and songs from moments yeah, yeah. of clarity <laughs> yeah 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 I mean we'll just we'll play until people are tired of it you know and right. and the cool thing is when people get tired of it all they're gonna do is stop picking up the records stop following us on Facebook stop going to shows that's fine they have that freedom you know but as long as people keep coming to shows and and actually caring about what we're doing and telling us stories about how our music has, you know, affected their life in a positive way, why wouldn't we keep doing it, you know? <clears throat> but, I don't know, like I said, I mean, I'm, I've been doing this a little while, and maybe someday my, my, my body physically will not allow me to be all over the stage like a complete idiot like I do now, so who knows. And we'll get back to Matt in just one moment, but before we do, we want to plug in our website, KillRockPodcast.com. At KillRockPodcast.com, that is the place that you can find old episodes, links to old episodes, as well as stay up to date on what is going on with the Kill Rock Podcast, as well as the music industry in general. Go check out KillRockPodcast.com. Also, subscribe to our Spotify playlist. And, you know, we haven't been able to keep up as much lately, but we promise that we will start making more playlists. Just go to Kill, just check us out at Kill Rock Podcast on Spotify. Go find us, go befriend us, go follow our playlists, and, uh, you know, check them out. And Spotify. Now we're going to play another jam from Spoken. This is off their album Illusion. This song is standalone here on the Kill Rock Podcast.
with this new album, do you do you already have a title for it? No, no, not yet. I mean, we've recorded the one single, um, Breathe Again, Again that's, right. you know, kind of sort of available now um, as an incentive on Kickstarter to get it immediately. But no, we're so early in the writing process. We're we're not even exactly sure how heavy we're going to go. We're not sure how fast, how poppy. Um, we have lots of ideas and lots of, you know, music as far as demos go. And I've begun the process of doing scratch vocals and, you know, coming up, you know, figuring out what melodies and lyrics fit best with these ideas. But I think all that will really come together over the next month. Because, I mean, like I said, we're, we're supposed to be in the studio starting in April, April 5th yeah. so we got a lot of work to do in a short amount of time yeah, and Breathe Again was a pretty I mean it, it wasn't like a, a heavy screaming song but tone wise and you know guitar part wise it was it, it's a pretty heavy sounding song yeah yeah um, you know and it's something where it, again, I don't think with myself even I, I don't really realize certain things about songs until later on when people are telling me mm-hmm. I did an interview yesterday and someone was talking about how heavy the song was you know I know you're not screaming a lot or anything but it's a heavy song and right. so you know I've listened to it like twice since we recorded it you know I've, I've watched the video we shot for it once completely all the way through just when we were approving it so I'm I'm not one who goes back and just studies stuff once it's done and recorded so I'm learning a lot about the songs as, as well you know as we go with people being like oh I noticed this I'm like well that's cool that's great but but yeah, it's got some heavy stuff. It's got, oh, yes, sir. Oh, I see it. Sorry, my three-year-old is talking okay. to me. <laughs> but you know, it is. It does have some heavy guitar stuff. It's right. got you know some heavier drums than normal. And and who knows? It might go even further with that when it comes to heaviness. Um, I was telling you know some people yesterday. I was like, There's no guidelines on what you can and can't do. Right. You know, we're, we just whatever is best for the song is what we want to do, you know, and, and, and that's, in the end, that's what we're going to do. Try to make the best record possible um, and uh, something that makes, you know, old spoken fans happy and hopefully new spoken fans happy. You guys had Maddie Mullins on Breathe Again, and, you, I mean, you guys have had, uh, you know, Corey Brandon from Norma Jean uh, a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I believe that was your self-titled yeah. album, right? Um, are there yeah. any more guest vocals? I know you guys are early into the writing process, but have you put any thought into that? Um, yeah, there's been thought, um, but it was it's it's not it was something where with with Maddie being involved, it was kind of up in the air whether we wanted to get him involved with this song we did first, mm-hmm. or if we wanted to get him involved actually on the record. Okay, um, you know, so both things were an exciting thing the fact that he could get involved or whatever and that he wanted to and he's listened to spoken since he's like 14 and and that's really cool um but it it was something where in the end it was better to take advantage of the situation now put him on this new song uh instead of wait you know for a few months down the road and and maybe with memphis mayfire's schedule be too busy and wouldn't be able to happen and so it was really cool because Scoop, our guitar player, grew up with Maddie, and so it was, it was just a, a really cool connection of how that all came about. Yeah, and they're they're going on tour with Blackville Brides, so I, I totally yeah that that schedule thing is something hard to get around. 
Yeah, I think they're gone for like three months straight right now. So it's like, okay, we'll see. We'll see what. what so we, we did. We got him involved on that song. He loved the song. He was actually in the video, which was awesome too. Oh, he was wow. involved with it. But, um, you know, coming up with the record, it'd be cool to have a guest vocalist on it, but I, I don't know. I mean, we'll just have to see, see how it goes. I mean, obviously, having someone like Dustin Kimstrew from Thrice on it would be beyond ridiculous but I don't know I, I feel like there's a lot of great vocalists out there that it would be really cool to get involved but some of them are kind of unreachable I think so but you then know, again I I didn't I didn't believe that Maddie Mullins being involved would be reachable either but <laughs> it worked out well okay now I get a lot of grief from my friends on the show because uh, some say I talk about thrice way too much you're the one that name dropped right, Dustin Kensrue, so I'm not going to take the heat for that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in in the end, it's it's an amazing band who has proven over the years they can do whatever they want, um, any style they want, and it's going to be amazing. And so it, it, it's just that's how those I don't know they've got some creative brains on them, you know, and they're incredible players, incredible songwriters, and so it's just really it's just really cool. I love it. Matt, I, I think we just became best friends. What's that? I think we just became best friends. That's fine. That's totally fine. We're just, it's a distance thing, but we yeah, can make it work. It happens. Um, a couple, I mean, it works for couples, right? Uh, yeah, that's how, I mean, with my with my wife and I, we were long distance for the first year and a half that we knew each other. And oh, so right. it, was, it was really, I don't know, the distance is something that can be figured out, so. And you're doing it with your band too. Now, when you guys are writing, uh, when you guys wrote Illusion, and when you guys are writing, you know, this album, are all the ideas being knocked out in a room, or are you guys kind of just emailing, you know, stuff that you've been writing, some ideas or whatnot, and then kind of building the songs from there? Yeah, it's just kind of back and forth, sending emails back and forth. Me doing. Uh semi-terrible scratch vocals on an open-air mic on my MacBook. Um, just, you know, writing and sending, you know, a couple different versions of, you know, the songs, you know, to, back to the guys in the band and just kind of going back and forth. It's been really cool because Scoop is, <clears throat> he played with us for 13 months. Uh, he played guitar with us for 13 months and he left for about a year. Uh, but he's back now and, and more involved than ever. And uh, he he's a writing machine. Like I mean, he sends for a while. He was sending uh, like a, a new song idea every day, oh. you know. And so I'm like, dude, dude, dude. I'm you know I've got a lot of things going. I, I got to catch up on this. And so it's been really cool to to go back and forth with that of like what what kind of songs do we want to come up with? And so he's been sending a lot of music, and I've been trying to you know get ideas back to him as as quick as possible. Oh, okay. Now I want to, I want to talk about uh, the longevity of spoken. Um, and you know, we're not necessarily like a Christian show, but you guys, I, you know, I'm, I'm a born again Christian and I know you as well are, um, when, what year exactly did echoes of the spirit still dwell come out? Uh, um, maybe 2000 I think something like that because so our first years. record on, on your on your feet I think was 97 yeah, as a year after we started so 97 99 yeah t- late 2000 maybe something like that I don't, I don't know because I think that 
Clarity came out in 2001, or I don't know. Man, I don't know. I just, I, same with the songs. I hear them when we play them. If we don't play them, I don't hear them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Clarity came out uh, in 2003, and I think that's right because I was in high school when it came out. Um, gotcha. but, but my question is, uh, yourself as a Christian, and I know a lot of, you know, a lot of things nowadays, a lot of people are kind of really open-minded about their fates and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to know, like when you started this band, did you, did you think kind of, or do you think now looking back, uh, at the p- person that you are and the songs that you write, um, did you think that you know where you're at would be possible i guess that's what kind of what i'm kind of asking i mean in the end i didn't i didn't think i would ever do music you know and Mm. i didn't think for sure i didn't think that i would ever be able to be you know in a band and to to do what i've I've been doing for almost 20 years like i don't i don't know anyone can ever you know really bank on that it's just so hard to to exist as a band um you know, especially with me, like I, I sing in a band. I mean, that's that's what I do. You know, and so it's it's something where the older you get, you you do start to think, and and especially when people are like, "So man, uh, you you ever worried about your voice going out?" Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, the older and you're screaming so much. I'm like, why would you ever say that to me? You know, <laughs> so much of issues that vocalists have are psychological. You know, it's either fatigue or just their mind working on them in a crazy way. And so with me, like, I, I've always been one to be like, you know what, God, I, I want to be obedient to you. And if you allow me to do this, I'll, I'll do it and, until I'm dead. However it is, I just want I want to do what God wants me to do. And luckily, he's been, uh, he's been able to convince me in certain ways to be in a band and to travel the world and to tell tell people exactly what I heard when I was 14 years old, that, that Jesus loves me and has a plan for my life. I had no clue, never heard the name Jesus at the wow. age of 14. Lived across the street from a church, you know, but because of skateboarding, I, you know, I was, in, I was skateboarding in the parking lot and this kid approached me and was like, hey, can I see your board? He did a heel flip. That's what I was learning at the time. You know, I'm like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> anyway, invited me to church. And that was it, you know, and so I, I, I think that being on the road as long as I have and meeting all the people that I've met, being through some of the things that you go through in a band or, you know, you have high hopes for things. You realize within two weeks of being a touring band, don't believe anything anybody says, you know, until it happens. You believe it when you see it. That's how you have to be in in the music industry. And so that's been something that it was a lesson that was learned early on, and so it's influenced my life in a huge way. The same way, some of the some of the most godly people I've ever met, who are just pillars of the Christian faith, I've met because of being on the road, and and I keep up with them. They keep up with me. Like it's it's good conversations, you know. When we see each other, I met my wife because of being in a band and touring, you know, and so. I feel like it's definitely it, it said uh, God knew what He was doing. You know, when I <laughs> my my whole situation and my journey in life has been pretty incredible. It's been really hard at times, but I wouldn't change it for anything. That's awesome. Um, that was yeah, and I was going to ask about your voice. Uh, I noticed, uh, but when you guys signed a Tooth and Nail and released a moment of imperfect clarity, you actually did stop screaming. Was that necessarily a uh, 
Was that a part of your creative process? Was you know, was that something the label wanted you to do? How'd you guys go through that? No, I mean, I I think it was just what was what was best for the song in that situation. And and when we went in for the Clarity record, we went in with Garth Richardson and Vancouver, Canada, and he had done our favorite record of all time at that point, Rage Against the Machine's first record. You know, and we're like, dude. And so we were just writing music that was it was more melodic it wasn't as heavy it didn't require certain screaming stuff you know and i'd kind of already been there done that with right. you know the, the first three records but i think just just doing what was best for those songs and and maybe maybe trying to figure out how in the world do we have any sort of radio presence you know now you know we, screaming wasn't the way right. you know and so we're kind of like We've already been there, done that on three records. What's best for this song? Let's don't feel like there's anything that we certainly have to do. And Garth Richardson really helped us, you know, figure out what it was we needed to do or didn't need to do or that's not necessary or why are you doing that when this song is doing this, you know? And so we, we learned a lot about songwriting. Wow. You know, the same way with with the Last Chance to Breathe record, you know, working with Travis Wyrick for the first time, the dude tries to kill you in the studio, especially the vocalist, you know, and same thing with the self-titled that we did with Jay, uh, with, with Travis Wyrick. It, it's just, he loves the tone of a worn out, just mm. torn and tattered voice. And so at the end of the day, after screaming my head off for eight hours, we would go back and we would record those nice cool calm verses you know where it's you're it's so hard to breathe at that point in your life you know at the end of the day because you're exhausted but yet that's the vocal tone he loved wow and so all across the board like i mean the the vocals on bitter taste the the song that that cory was on I recorded the vocals for that at 8 a.m. one morning. Like, it was the first song we started with. He was like, so what do you want to start with? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just let's do Bitter Taste. Let's just see what happens. And so just did it. You know? And that was one of those things where, was it the, the best idea to scream my face off at 8 a.m.? Probably not. But whatever. Let's do it. You know? That's what I want to start with. Travis was cool with it. That's what we did. And, I mean, and, so, and you're still here. You're still here singing. So, I I'm mean. Still, I'm still alive. Obviously, it didn't hurt still you that alive. much. And you, it, it, it wasn't, it, I don't know. I'm the worst person in the world to talk to when it comes to vocal warm-up or technique or I don't know. I, mean, I just, I don't know. You just do it. You know what you're supposed to sing. You know the notes you're supposed to hit. And if you have to breathe a little harder or be completely exhausted when you get off stage, okay, fine. You chose to be in a band. You chose to be a vocalist. You chose to be on tour. You chose to, you know, whether it's screaming in your songs or long, high register, clean notes, you chose that. Do it. And so I'm the worst person on earth to talk to you about doing vocal warm-ups or anything because normally I consider my vocal warm-up the fact that I was probably on the phone trying to book shows all day on the way to the venue. Uh, I got to the venue talking to the promoter and whatever people are at the show or whatever, and then I step on stage, <laughs> I do what I got to do, and then talk to whoever wants to talk after, you know? And so that's just, that I just see it as like talking throughout the day is my warm up and, you know, that's kind of it. But even on the Illusion record, we looked at things, Jason Rowell was like, well, you've, you're known for this, right? You've done this. 
what are some things you've never really done? Let's let's see about those. Let's tap into those. And so that was where the more kind of raspy singing, like on the, the verses of, of Through It All, or right. just like a, a more of a grit and just a singing voice, which was another thing. I had to learn how to do that. I'd never done it, you know? And so I was like, cool. Here I am at that point. 18 years into my musical career and I'm learning, I'm learning how to sing all over again a different way but there's some of the heaviest screaming stuff on Illusion there's some of the highest melody like harmony vocals I've ever done on Illusion and so I don't know man I just whatever whatever you know uh, whatever has to happen for a song to be better is kind of what I want to do and hopefully it's it's it, I don't know I'm lucky to get to do it. So, did you mention who you're going to record with uh, for this new album? Uh, we were working with Cameron Mizell, who's you know he's done a lot with Memphis Mayfire, Sleeping okay. Sirens, stuff like that. Right. Okay, um, Matt. Any last things that you want to say to the Kill Rock audience? Uh, any plugs that you want to make before we uh, snip snap this uh, interview? <laughs> You know, I just, thanks for listening. I mean, uh, you know, it, people could probably easily see whatever interview with Matt from Spoken, like, I don't know who it is, I'm not listening. <laughs> so if you are listening, thanks. I mean, and if you knew who it was and you still listen, thank you very much. Awesome. Um, now, uh, I'm going to fanboy out a little bit. Uh, first time I heard okay. Spoken, it was the song Forevermore. Uh, it was on G-Rock. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's how long ago it was. Uh, and then uh, when uh, Moments of Imperfect Clarity came out, oh my gosh, my mind was my mind was blown. And I'm so glad that you guys have been able to last as long, even though you are the only original member, but the, the band Spoken has been able to last uh, almost two decades. That's that's incredible. It's crazy. It's incredible. <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I always tell people, like, it's, it's something where you... You, it flies by so fast until you're broken down on the side of the interstate in nowhere, Arizona at 2 a.m. in the morning. And then it doesn't go by so fast, you know? And so it's like, it, it is one of those things where it's like, it's unreal that it's, it's, it's been happening for so long and, and that still get to do it. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. I am so glad I got to talk to you. This was a great time. That's awesome, man. Thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. For sure. Uh, guys, go check out Spoken. Go contribute to their Kickstarter. It's probably be full-funded by the time this interview comes out. But if it's full-funded, <laughs> please still go contribute. Hopefully they uh, add some incentives to it. Uh, Matt, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, we're going to play another jam from you guys. We are going to play Through It All off your album, Illusion. Awesome. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Yeah. 
Matt Baird for coming here on the Kill Rock podcast. Like I said, such an honor. Uh, a big time bucket list uh, artist for us here at the Kill Rock podcast. And we're so stoked that we got him on the show. In a couple of weeks, we have another bucket list artist that we're going to have on the show. We've already crossed out three bucket lists artists. The ones that I said from the beginning of the show, I have to have them on the Kill Rock podcast. We had Kevin Lyman, the starter of the Warp Tour, just a couple months ago, actually in December. Uh, now we had Matt Baird. In a few weeks, we are going to have Michael Sweet from Striper. Yes! Michael Sweet from Striper in Sweden Lynch. Ah. I love when there's that random guy that goes, Woo! But yes, we have Michael Sweet from the band Striper. Uh, he actually also just released a new album with George Lynch from Dawkins. Uh, the, the project's called Sweet and Lynch, and the album is called Only to Rise. Go check it out. Super stoked. Uh, th this interview, I think th this this episode with Matt Baird and uh, in a couple weeks, Mike, uh, Michael Sweet, I think they're the best uh, interviews that a vocalist should listen to. I won't say because uh, of the the advice that both men give to vocalists, but the fact that they kind of show that they are both human and that you could sing for 20 to 30 years and still be learning as you go, which, you know, with, with, you know, Matt Barrett, he's been doing spoken for 20 years. 
and uh, Michael Sweet, they've been doing Striper for 30 years, 31 years now. So these both both these vocalists, uh, they have the utmost experience. And if you're an, if you're a vocalist, I, I'm sure you would you'll enjoy not just this episode and the interview with Matt Baird, but you'll also enjoy our interview with Michael Sweet in a couple of weeks. Now here at the Kill Rock Podcast, we are so happy for Spoken that they hit their goal of twenty thousand dollars. They're going to be recording their new album pretty soon, actually April fifth, uh, as he said in this interview. And I know I've talked about my likes and my dislikes uh, for the crowdfunding campaigns uh, through Kickstarter, Indiegogo, but uh, you know, as a lot of you might know, I don't really talk about it too much here on the show. But uh, for a living, my actual job, I work in a, in a school and uh, I'm kind of like a teacher's assistant, you know, just hang out with kids and help them with their homework and stuff like that. I don't really talk about it too much here because A, um, it's not too kosher for me to talk about my job on here. And also B, not too many interesting things happen. And if they are interesting, uh, go back to A. But uh, one thing we do every morning as a class, we watch this news show uh, called Channel One, and it's some high school news show that's based out of New York, and they basically just show stories like what's going on in the world, um, kind of filtered because it is for kids, so you can't really have that KFI appeal to it or whatnot, but they do this thing on Fridays called The Next Big Thing. What that is, it's basically a segment that's dedicated to things that might become real in the future. Uh, like, you know, those droids with the cameras on them or uh, certain types of cell phone devices. I remember one, there was actually, it's like a cell phone lock for your deadbolt in your door where you could, you know, you could unlock your door from, you know, a million miles away with your cell phone. Uh, but one thing it was like actually two weeks ago, they showed it and it was in regards to crowdfunding. And I thought it was interesting because, uh, I, I thought, you know, I was like, man, in the music industry, that's already here. And, but now I guess they're showing it to the mainstream audience. And, uh, the example that they used was, uh, Scott Bradley, who is the creator of the postmodern jukebox project. Uh, and he, gets his crowdfunding uh, money from Patreon. And I know I've talked about uh, Patreon in the past. You know, we're looking to get involved in Patreon to help us fund for the podcast. Uh, our buddy Aubrey Sitterson at The Straight Shoot, he uh, raises money through Patreon to keep his podcast going. And, you know, we just think it's interesting. You know, Patreon, it's a lot different from Kickstarter. It's a lot different from Indiegogo because it's an ongoing campaign. You either get paid per month or you get paid for the content that you provide per month. It depends on who's actually donating or contributing. It's interesting, though, because, you know, like I said, from the music industry standpoint, this is already a thing. Like, you know, bands have been going to Kickstarter and Indiegogo for the last maybe like, what, three or four, maybe five years? Uh, oh, Sleeper had... You know, they they raised, I think, what, $75,000. Spoken's already raised $20,000. Hasted Ages did an Indiegogo where I believe they raised maybe more than $100,000. I can't really remember right now. 
But so many of these bands in the underground scene are already doing this and their fans are already contributing. Um, what I thought was funny though, cause uh, they show the segment on one Friday and then the next week they have the viewers vote on what they think is the next big thing or if it's the next big thing or whatever. And 60% said that crowdfunding is not the next big thing. Mind blown, right? I mean, at least for you guys who listen to the Kill Rock podcast, you guys know how huge crowdfunding is, especially for bands that have been on labels and are now off labels and still wanting to make music, right? I mean, like I said in the the interview with Matt Baird, there were people that contributed 500 to 750, not 1000, $750 to their their Kickstarter. Now, is the main now if if artists like Taylor Swift got off their label and wanted to record an album, uh, you know what? I don't think I think if Taylor Swift dropped off her album, I think she could probably fund her own album by herself by now. I think she could re- write, record everything, distribute everything. I think she could do it on her own now. She has the means to start her own record label, but. Would she be willing to do that? Do you think if Taylor Swift or Beyonce or Jay-Z or Kanye or, you know, any of those artists, if they jumped off their major labels and said, hey, I know a lot of them have already started their own labels, but this is just a for instance. uh, If they jumped off their labels and said, hey, fans, we're going to start a Kickstarter uh, most likely their Kickstarter would be up to like the, you know, 250 to $500,000, you know, range their at least their goals, maybe more. How fast do you think their fans are going to, are going to contribute? I think I, I firmly believe that they'll be funded in a day or two. That's my, that's my honest opinion. And they will not get those albums or vinyls or whatever they're releasing until probably a year, a year and a half after they've even contributed their money. I mean, I contributed to the Frozen Ocean Kickstarter and I got my CD and T-shirt a little after the album came out. Am I mad? No, I love my T-shirt and I love the album. People are going to be stoked that they helped you record your album. They're stoked that they helped you get on tour. They're stoked that they helped you make merchandise. You know, that's, that's how people are. And that's why I think that people saying that crowdfunding is not the next big thing because you guys don't even know you're the mainstream fans. They don't understand uh, what it is to enjoy artists that don't make their money back or at least uh you know mainstream artists they put off the vibe that they get their money back even though they do post their royalties from spotify that doesn't mean anything uh they live that lifestyle so people that listen to kiss fm or k not k rock but uh (laughs) power uh those are california stations i don't know if they're everywhere but you know the people that listen to those pop stations you know, they're listening to people that have, you know, those certain thousand dollar recordings and 
it's just a mess. I, I but I, I do think that if artists were to jump off their label and start their own crowdfunding uh, campaign, that people would be all over it. And that they would get funded as fast, if not faster than Spoken or Haste a Day or Oh Sleeper or even Confide or Five Iron Frenzy. I mean, they they made over $100,000 in, I think, a week. Maybe maybe more less time than that. But, you know. But with that, with that said, we are uh, looking into starting possibly a Patreon uh, one of our former guests on the show, Aubrey Sitterson from the Straight Shoot, he has a Patreon. He makes over, he makes about, I think three thousand dollars a month now, maybe two thousand dollars a month. It's been a while since I've checked. Um, and also Scott Bradley, uh, I mentioned him in the beginning of this little raid uh, rant. Uh, uh, creator of the postmodern jukebox, uh, he makes, uh, well at least the, they make. Uh, $3,000 per music video and which I think that's a little excessive $3,000 per music video especially given the quality of the actual music videos and I know that you know they possibly need money to record their songs but at the same time you don't really need that much to really record good quality songs anymore I mean I'm recording this podcast on GarageBand with a blue snowball microphone because my XLR cable that connects my microphone into the interface is buzzing. So I'm using the snowball now the US, with the USB plug and everything. And this sounds great. And it's not because of me. It's because of the equipment that I'm using and the, the age, the modern age that we live in, where we could use these low brand equipment and it still sound really, really good. So if the Kill Rock podcast was to start a Patreon uh, we wouldn't have super high goals uh, because, you know, we already have the equipment that we need. Uh, the only thing we would need help with is just paying bills and, uh, you know, funds to be able to go out to more shows and talk to more bands outside of the studio. We love talking to bands on the phone. We certainly do, but we also like seeing them live and also getting live interviews and that could possibly work with us starting our YouTube channel in the future. So keep on the lookout for a Patreon campaign for the Kill Rock podcast. Uh, and if you guys are looking to help contribute to the Kill Rock podcast through a Patreon or through a Kickstarter or whatever, you know, email us. You can email me personally at Keith at KillRockPodcast.com as well as the actual podcast, kill.rock.podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're an independent band, email us. Email us your jams so we can play it on the air for you guys. And if we truly love you and your band, we will set up an interview and talk with you guys here on the Kill Rock Podcast. We love independent music. As you can see, like we don't play a lot of you know, signed bands unless they are actually guests of the show. We play more independent music. So send us your stuff, send us your bio, send us your Facebook, send us your SoundCloud, send us everything. Email us at Keith at KillRockPodcast.com, Kill.Rock.Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, Keith is spelled K-E-I-T-H, not K-I-E-T-H, K-E-I-T-H. We want to thank Matt Baird once again for coming here on the Kill Rock Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We are going to play one last song from next week's guest. This band is at the helm from Covina, California. This song is off their brand new EP, Second Hand. 
This song is Get a Grip. Thank you guys for joining us here at the Kill Rock Podcast, the episode 35 featuring Matt Baird from Spoken. We hope to see you guys next week with At the Helm here on the Kill Rock Podcast. The hashtag KRP. Hey.